Welcome to the Engaging Parenting Podcast on Parenting Kids and Teens. We're here to talk specifically about the amazing and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture. And we believe that being spiritually and culturally informed is essential. And so we discuss practical tips on how you can parent confidently and see your teenagers thrive. And so my name is Pastor Matt and Pastor Cliff is away on vacation. And so I'm here with two special guests, Sir Jake Owen and Sir Colin Craning. We're sirs? Yeah. That is great. Yeah. So hey. so um, these guys both work like on our that. staff here. Um, we'll start by, uh, we'll introduce Colin here. Colin is our like graphic design web, all things creative design. Yeah. Bridgeway brand, basically. Yeah. 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 Wow. You also may know him if you go to Bridgeway from a number of our um, announcement loops and uh, and notices. He, he gives <laughs> a lot of those. Yeah. Um, people tend to come up and talk to him about uh, promoting the app and they all like, thank him. I'm on the app. It's because of you. <laughs> That's you're true. Like, you're like the, the face of Bridgeway. In a weird way. That is a weird... I don't like to say that. That feels like an immense amount of pressure I'm not That's ready true. to deal with. That's <laughs> but, but one of the reasons we have Colin here is that he used to be a high school ministry worship leader mm -hmm. at his church down in Loma Linda? Yorba uh, Linda? Yorba Linda. Yorba yeah. Linda. Yeah. And, uh, and so he came from that church up to work with us at Bridgeway, and he's been here, I think, three years. Just passed. Yeah. yeah. Just passed three. Wow. And so and so he helps out with our worship teams. He, he still is very active in music. And so uh, we wanted to have him on today, and you'll find out why here soon on what our episode is. And our other guest... Mr. Jake Owen. Uh, well, let's go back to Sir Jake. Sir, I like yeah. that. Sir Jake Owen. I hear <laughs> yeah. Night B. Like, yeah. Um, by Queen. Yeah. Oh, yes. The, yes. the band Queen. I, um, oh, the D. band <laughs> Queen. Nice. So. I just watched that movie. Yeah. Oh, the movie. Oh, you know, the, the, yeah. Rami yeah, Malek. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Carry, carry on. With but uh, the, with Jake's the, been yeah. our, our worship director <laughs> here at Bridgeway for almost nine years. Nine, uh, almost 10 years. Almost Dude, 10 I just, years. Yeah. Nine and a half. I just had my 10th. Easter. I just, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That is awesome. Um, the longevity of that. And so he's been involved with music since he was in high school. Um, and actually fun fact, Jake was a high school student up at Oak Ridge when I was a youth pastor helping with the Christian club True. at Oak Ridge, which just aged me. I was going to say, do you but, feel old? And then, so. and then we got, and then we got hired around the same time and it was like this, what? Kind of mo <laughs> I yeah. know you. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. And, uh, and so, yeah. And, uh, and Jake and his wife, Hillary actually are just on the cusp of releasing their first album. They've released a number of singles. This is true. It's called Mirrors. Mirror, let's just you know the the normal way to, to say mirrors, but it's yeah. spelt the not normal way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mirror, mirror, yeah, mirrors, 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 mirrors. <laughs> so uh, I can... always I always joke because it's spelled M I R O U R S, yeah. which I always joke is is the way that you like say a cat sound like mirrors. <laughs> It's like spelled up, yeah. That is definitely a way to remember your album. That is, is a way to promote but, it that way. But you can pronounce it uh, the regular way. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason why we have uh, Jake and Colin here is that today we're going to be talking about music and how it affects the lives of many teens. And, and really, people in general. This is not something that happens just with teenagers, but all people. And I'm somebody that I know music, but I don't know music very well. I, I maybe have like 12 or 15 songs that I listen to on my phone like that's on my iTunes or, or whatever, and even Spotify I'm rarely on. But I know the power and the formative shape that music has in life and that it has in faith, and I know there's a lot to talk about with this. And a lot of parents, I think, come up against this all the time. And so sure. we're really going to take a couple episodes to talk about this. And uh, these guys know better than I that um, 
media and especially music, it's become a constant backdrop to people's life, right? It's a soundtrack yeah, constantly yeah. that's playing. And uh, it ranks, a lot of people say it ranks as the number one most powerful sociological force in all of humanity, even greater power than education, government, and church now. And, and so this is a big topic yeah, to is, talk sure. about. It's crazy. Um, and it speaks in an informed manner, personably and intelligibly on many subjects. And uh, and so mu- music has historically served as a vehicle for storytelling. Um, and so this is something important. There's a lot more I can say. Um, but, uh, but a lot of parents, I think the way they end up seeing it, and I'd love to get some of your comments on this. And then we're going to get to know you guys a little bit more in terms yeah. of what's your favorite type of music mm-hmm. and favorite artist. But the posture that most people have especially teenagers is this posture of the iPods in even when something's going on or now AirPods, right. Or, or the Bose, you know, headphones and beats, uh, the beats by Dre. Yeah. Beats by Dre. Dre, Yeah. But, but that posture you see now all over the place when Mm -hmm. it comes to middle school, high school students. So, um, so we're going to talk about all these types of things, but I want to start with what's your favorite type of music. Like, like what's your genre that maybe you'd lean into and your favorite artist. Yeah. And that's uh, so. That's such a, a big question. It's a big if question. I give you yeah. a genre, does so that many, help? Or, well, yeah, and there's so. there uh, Christian goodness. folk rap. Christian folk rap, easy. That's yeah. <laughs> Pigeon John. <laughs> there's no such thing for those of you that are listening. So no, I think Pigeon John. It might be. It, there's a really a, a band called a, Fi- Pigeon John. A, that's a dude. He's a Christian rapper. Folk rapper. Pig- I don't know if he's folk. That's he almost, makes me think almost of, as good a name as. Snarky Puppy, which is bro, Snarky Pup. Don't give me that's one of my favorite bands. Great, They're great. So that's a real band name that's as well. A real band. See, a real this band is why I, when I tell this people I don't we're... know, I don't know <laughs> because I hear this. We are in the yeah. we are in the era of many bands with many weird names. Yes. We, yeah, yeah, that's always been the case. That's but... true, but now they're on the internet. So <laughs> yeah, well, and that is uh, such an interesting point, uh, and how Matt, you were talking about the influence of music and how it's just like permeating everything now is the internet. It's just everywhere. And then the technology allows everybody can make music and good music, like the kind of uh, technology we have available, like right, like it's free on my phone or on my computer is better than like major production studios we're working with a couple of decades ago. Yeah. So yeah. we're literally have like everybody has this ability at their fingertips and can create so much and you could consume music 24 hours a day constantly and never run out like you just won't and yeah. so it like for me i love exploring and so i'm always finding the snarky puppy or like these random artists yeah. because i almost have like i do have add but i have like add specifically with music of like i want to just find more and it almost it, like there's like culture to it of just yeah. discovery and always finding because it's more. no longer like having a tape that has a list of songs on it or yeah, a record. Right. It's now playlists. Yeah. And then the playlist can just keep loading itself, right? I, With I, Spotify. I or- used to find new bands by buying those. Remember those like a uh, compilation CDs where they would mm-hmm. put like this year's now you know, that's new, what I call music. Yeah, it's like the new <laughs> the new bands to look out for. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I, but now it's like playlists. Yeah. And yeah. there's there are so many options. Um, even with with like genre, I think at one point you could reduce genres down to just like a handful of genres. But now because music is so accessible, even like these these smaller you know bands who are writing music are like crossing from this genre to this genre, and you're getting all these like weird styles of music that didn't exist before. Yeah, uh, and so. And, and and singers from different genres and artists are blending, blending, cross blending. Totally. And yeah. so when you ask the question of like you know favorite kind of music or whatever, it's like, uh, it, 
Yeah. It's there. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's so much good music. Uh, so to, I don't know. No, it's, no, that is an answer to the question that there's so many options. Tons of and options. And that because of that, there's not as many people narrow down anymore and have, but, but if you were to like pick up a guitar, what would might still be the thing that you would start playing or so, jamming yeah, that's to? what, for me, I think that's what it comes back to. Yeah. Yeah. Is, that's a good question. Uh, even just yesterday, I was sitting out back Father's Day, great afternoon, literally sat in the backyard and just watched my kids play and played guitar. And it was so peaceful. But that brings me back to probably some of my favorite artists. If I really had to pick, and I thought about <laughs> about this, I, I've just, for as long as I can remember, been such a huge fan of Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the reasons I like him so much, there's so many levels to it and there's a lot of like politics and, and history with him. And, and I think what I like so much about it is his, like the purity of it in, in his presentation and the way that, I mean, the dude would play, like does play shows when his guitar is out of tune. Like he doesn't, like he just gets up and just goes and just plays. And, um, especially now having the, the privilege i guess of of hearing him talk at the, toward the end of his career looking back and like the reflection on all of it when he he reflects on where where his head was it is so um i just kind of like empathize with him in ways and and just feel connected in ways when he talks about being like this kid who was like changed his name his parents didn't want him to be a musician because music just rock and roll in general was demonized mm-hmm. um, and he left his hometown went to the big city and and pursued his dream of music and he has like these crazy songs that were like political anthems and you know songs for a generation when you talk to him now uh, not me I haven't but um, interviews where he's just like yeah I wrote that song in five minutes because it sounded good <laughs> like I just th- those words were random and weird and then everybody attributed these but I think that hit um, so you see like a genius that's also so laid back and down to earth in a way but it, but I think that I one of the reasons I'm drawn to his story in that whole era of music so much is because like we're talking about just the influence of music like this entire generation of people were finding meaning in his songs that he didn't even intend. And they were like anthems that were literally shaping their culture at the time. And the power of music to do something like that, even when it wasn't the intention of the guy who wrote it. Yeah. Um, and, and that I think we'll probably get into that more later, but that, that theme and that idea of the weight that music carries, um, and the gravity of it is it translates so much into like worship music and how we engage with God through music is because it has that emotional power to, to yeah like create narratives that the person who wrote it didn't even intend. Yeah. Yeah. The power. Yeah. Jake, how about you? Uh, in terms of favorite music? Yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, or artist art. You know what? I, I like, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, I guess if I had to like reduce it down to a, my my constant go tos. I'd say to. something like a, a big Radiohead fan. Yeah. Big oh, Radiohead fan. And they just release so much they new have, music. Radiohead oh. is. They, I love it because it is so unusual and uh and almost like accidental the way like the way that they like stumble on chord progressions and just weird layerings and stuff like that. I, I'm a big fan of that kind of music. Um, I got I got to throw in my boys. Uh I love a band you might not know them, you probably do, but Young the Giant. Mm. If you yeah, know Young the Giant, mm. It, mm. I don't know why. Like so for the cool. last decade they have been like the soundtrack of my life. I love them. They're like this 
alt yeah. rock, surf rock kind of, yeah. you know, and uh, I don't know. It's There's like a joy and this like, uh, with their music. I just love it. Yeah. Oh, what else? You know, that's good. Know. No, no, we don't. Yeah. I we mean, don't need I, to have all your stuff, guys. I mean, there could uh, be a million, but, but, yeah. uh, but actually what's good is that you just used a couple terms that I think it would help a lot of parents that, um, what styles of music do you know that are out there? Cause for instance, you know, a lot of people have heard of alternative or pop, but you mentioned surf. Oh, like, or, a, you know, like, like surf raw. Yeah. That's, I think the thing is like music probably has, uh, there's like sort of like main genres, you know, your and rock subs. and then your alternative and your pop and your classical and your country and all these different things. And then underneath that, it's like you use that term just to like sort of throw your music into a category. And mm-hmm. then underneath it, there's like a billion different ways to describe that one thing, you yeah. know? So like, so, so say those core ones again, that you would say are the core kind of oh, genres and styles that pr- are out there. Uh, alternative, pop, K-pop, rock, K-pop. <laughs> that's one. No, the, no, that's, yeah. good, that's a good example. Like metal, of a uh, metal, folk, uh, folk. Indie is like its own hip, thing. Hip hop, yeah. hip hop, rap. Yep. And then and R and B. It used to be hip hop R and B, but now hip hop and rap are like one. That's true. R and B is like. Separate. Okay. That's and then uh, you know a Christian and gospel. Yeah. That's a genre on uh-huh. iTunes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, goodness. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. There's Did I ever lot. say country? Dude, yeah. there's, well, and now it's so much. My dad would be even... mad if I didn't say country. My... <laughs> we did not. We definitely didn't yeah. say. I but used to think country was of the devil. And then I, I just realized that the devil wouldn't be so laid back. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> actually is stupid. We'll cut that. <laughs> no, I, that was Please, yeah, I love it. The devil. I don't think the devil would be like, I just want to sit on the beach with a beer. <laughs> I need my you're... whiskey and my uh, woman. my dog <laughs> and football with the boys. You know, I don't know. It's something. It's always something like that. We did it. We, we got Lucian to laugh. We got Lucian to laugh. Good. All right, now we can actually start recording the podcast. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's, sorry, let's keep going. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. So no, you were I think say it's, Yeah. I, what I was going to say is, I think it's so interesting that, um, as Jake was saying that, I was even thinking on like iTunes and Spotify stuff like that now. Uh, they have genres, but when you're filtering through playlists, they actually like largely don't even pitch them by genre. It's by mood. Mm. So I'm like, it's literally and crazy, like hyper specific, like yeah. like jazz piano dinner party and and like chilling in the backyard or like summer pool party and all these things. And you know, and so you don't even pick. It's not like oh, I want to listen to blues music. It's yeah. like oh, I'm doing homework, so I'll pick this homework playlist that's optimized right. for focus. And well, and I think I think that's largely because at one point, like we were saying, music like. Alternative music used to be one thing, yeah, and it sounded a certain way, and it evoked a certain feel and emotion. And now it's like, well, you're an alternative band, but your music feels like this, or it feels like that, or it sounds yeah. like this, or it sounds yeah. like that. And so I think categorizing into moods is much more appropriate now because the genre almost doesn't really apply the same way it used to. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, so so this is this is great, and I think one of the things for those parents that are listening is sometimes you just need to go onto if you if you don't already iTunes or Spotify mm-hmm. and look through some of the genres, look through some of the moods. I mean, you might be a little bit scared at times, but uh, but to just see some of those things that are out there because again, this is the the milieu, this is the world that a lot of your teens like. This is the norm. Like mm-hmm. they're used to going on that, especially oh, those yeah. that are engaged with music. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot, a lot of kids now aren't like they're going on to Spotify and they're not typing in pop music. They're typing in like like hanging out with my friends. That's literally what kids are typing in: hanging out with my friends. And then they're getting 
a thousand different playlists that are about hanging out with your friends. And so it's like doing that kind of thing, I think, as a parent is is important because it's almost more effective. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's good. Um, so let's start talking a little bit more about what are the main influence that a, a teenager, a student, um, what are the main influences of their music choice? Like, Because, for instance, oh, yeah. they say that 96% mm. of teens are saying that they listen to music. Like that was in 2018. 96%. And side note, what is that 4% doing? They're listening to music also. They're just not doing the survey. They just survey. don't fill out the survey. <laughs> I was like, 100% of people are well, listening to music. Well, if you don't yeah. want to. And 53%, they say, are listening via smartphone or smart devices. Yeah, that's yeah. actually probably that's, lower than I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. Have. But I think it's because there's still some people that they're, um, they still do have like radios <gasps> yeah, and they're yeah. listening in their cars yeah. or they're listening um, in other venues because it's still kind of the retro. And the hipster can still be a little bit like, man, I want to listen to it and it's raw. Or I think some of it is also a lot of musicians that they're playing music. They're jamming mm-hmm. and not just listening nonstop. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know the last time I listened um, to the and then, radio. And then you have, and yeah, Colin kind of mentioned this, you have businesses like Musical.ly, right? Is that how you say it? Mu- Musical.ly? Musical.ly. Musical.ly, where they oh, have like 50 million people under the age of 21 on their creating music and singing songs that they want to sing and and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's a huge piece of the population that they're either listening or they're performing on the, on the digital world out there. And so, um, you know, they musically says that they have 11 million video uploads per day from about 120 million people worldwide. So I'm saying that to go, there's a lot happening with music. What do you guys see as some of those main influences on how a student makes a choice of what, they're going to listen to. I mean, I I think you can still sort of probably narrow it down to a, a, a handful of things like friends, like what, you know, uh, what your friends are listening to is what you're listening to yeah. culturally. Like, I mean, and when I say culturally, I mean like whatever, because there's so many things that like kids can jump into culturally because there's so many like different ways to engage with culture, you mm-hmm. know? So like whatever, whatever area that your kid is engaged with is I mean, there's ton of musical influence in that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, fa- family and um, even just like self discovery. Like kids will just like when I was a kid, I was just like searching for things and finding things that I liked, and you know, was influenced just by what sounded good to me as I got older. Yeah. And so church, doing, doing those and searches and searching, and, and, and then and, going, oh, this one's kind of like this. Oh, I really like this. But even also, it's like it's things like. Um, like brands, like brands now are mm. not now, but like brands are so associated with even like a style of music or like an artist is associated with a brand and something. Yeah. So if your kid is going to, I don't know what urban Sh- outfitters Sean or whatever. Mendez. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, but, uh, but I was going to say like if, well, the other side What's of that. Playing? If What's playing in urban outfitters? Totally. If they're going into probably those kind Shawn of play, Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> or Forever 21. Yeah, Probably so like those kinds of things too, you know, because then you associate a sound with a look and yeah. and that's a big part of how kids engage with, you know, just the world around them too. So I, that's that's really a lot key. of things. That's uh, something that's so weird is the commercialization of it. It's like how popular, how big it used to be for uh, like jingles were like the thing for commercials, right? Yeah. It was like yeah. they would actually, like, you were, like to be a jingle <laughs> writer, that was like an occupation. Yeah. And now- Do you it, love it? I, I love, love it. it. I got it at Ross. I was thinking more of like from Friends, the Smelly Cat. Remember that? Smelly Cat. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that was another jingle. But that, that but was that, in the show it was. But okay. now yeah. but nowadays and it's same thing as like commercials. Like think of the Verizon dude. He was nobody and he became an icon. But it's so much more popular now to just get a celebrity endorsement or to do uh, like a popular song that everybody's going to remember because then like Jake said, we're tying it to the brand and yeah. it's not this, just the standalone thing, but they're actually weaving themselves into the culture that we're already living in. And, it, and it, and cause now you could hear a song on the radio and be like, Oh, that reminds me of this brand instead of it just being their jingle. That's not going to have any exposure right. or whatever. Yeah. So like it is even like a, a hugely powerful marketing tool of like what our brain associates music with and, and yeah. how we make those connections. Yeah. No. And I think uh, what's good is what I'm hearing from you guys is, I, I mean, obviously your, your social construct is the main piece first that whoever mm-hmm. your students are friends with and where they're accessing music with their friends. So if their friends are sharing playlists with right. each other um, and, and in the home, because that's where sometimes you do have, like you'll have a teenager that suddenly like they're the ones that love Bob Dylan and they're right. loving like these 1960s yeah. or 50s artists. Mm-hmm. And some of that's because that's what their parents would play like nonstop in the house or in the car. Yeah. Um, and, and because of that, that imprinted on their mind. Yeah. And uh, um, I found it interesting that... Um, but my kids at their elementary school, they have to, they do the whole thing where like you drop the kids off and they do this like walk around the blacktop until school starts and it's to keep the kids active. But they have one of those like wireless Bluetooth boom boxes out yeah. there and they're playing all the popular music. They're playing Counting Stars by One Republic and they're playing Taylor Swift songs and they're playing Sean Mendes. And so even at that age, right. third grade, second grade, fourth grade, they're hearing some of this. Right. And then, you know, and then their friends go, oh, I like this. And they're singing right. it together. Yeah. And, and such. So, like my daughter, even she, uh, she did a um, talent show at her school recently, and she sang "Counting Stars" by One Republic. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's not in your range usually, but okay, let's, you know." But she did a great job with it. And so, that's cool. but hey, uh, fun yeah. fact, fun fact about "Counting Stars." Uh, the one time in in my ten almost ten years here, there was one time that we did on a weekend a like a feature song that wasn't a standard worship song only one time because I'm I'm not generally for it and the one time we did it it tied into this special service that we did and the song that we sang was uh counting stars one republic so <laughs> well it's got it's got some uh depth into it which we'll get into yeah. on either this episode or on the next one yeah. but um but let me move to our next question um because this is the one that I think I want a lot of parents um and for all of us to to really think about um which is how is music a spiritually experiential event <laughs> because that's one of the things that's a truth is it's a it is a spiritually experiential event and we're not talking about just as Christians. Yeah. And so what what do you guys think about that when you hear that? Oh. Jake. That's <laughs> a big one. Uh so I think that the one of the coolest things about music is it has this uh it has this really neat ability to I heard it said this way one time that music has an ability to uh, to bypass your mind and go right into your heart and your soul without your mind's permission. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think that that's true. And I think because of that, music can cause us to engage with, uh, whether it's like spiritual in the sense that we're talking about, or like you said, even people who are not believers or whatnot, like to have this like deeply soul-driven experience. I think that music has this weird way of sort of bringing that out of you and and making you more in touch with that part of you. And I, there is so much, uh, 
there's so much mystery to me with with music, but um, I think because it has this ability to uh, allow ourselves to sort of get connected with the deepest part of us, mm-hmm. I think that in the in that space is where we have these experiences that are oftentimes spiritual. You know, I, I went to um, last year. I went to a concert with a buddy. We went to Santa Barbara Bowl. It was awesome. And it was a it was a Bone Iver concert or Bon Iver, bon however Iver. you want to say it. Bon yeah. Iver. Yeah. Uh bon who Iver. is not a a uh worship artist. Um just he's just like some dude who's making really cool music and I really like it. And I went to the thing and I was after the the concert, I went back, um, I was staying with with family and I was talking to my my father-in-law and I was saying, I had the most intense, and this is real, I had the most intense worship experience experiences during this concert that had nothing to do with singing songs about Jesus. Um, but because music has this ability to sort of like, I think, allow us to go into those deep places, like it caused me to have this really intense emotional and very spiritual experience, even though it wasn't directly related to that yeah. um, in terms of lyrically. Mm-hmm. Um, why that happens... I don't know. I think it's because it's, you know, the things that are sort of the deepest parts of you, I think that those things can get rustled up. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I, it, does that answer kind of your question? Because yeah. I think that there's a lot, I mean, there's so much in there. Um, yeah, this, so this could be a whole question, a yeah. whole episode in itself. Sure. But uh, but it's just great because it gets us <clears throat> starting to think about the power of it. Colin, what would you add as well? I think that, so this is so this is such a, a reach, um, but I, that's one of the things I do is I make really long stretches and hope that it comes together. It at the end. But I'm th- I kept thinking when I was reading about it about sound baths. Have you ever heard of that or experienced a sound bath before? I don't know what that is. It's so it's like there is a bath. A, so okay, <laughs> so let's start at the basics. No, so a sound bath is actually this. It's it's like a holistic healing kind of like Eastern. I don't know really where East or Western or Northern something medicine. <laughs> it's somewhere in the world, somewhere other than here. Um, and it's literally, you go into this kind of like room uh, and they, they vary in what, how they are presented or whatever. And it's just kind of like a meditation. And then the guy who's leading this sound bath, they have these huge, they're almost like bowls filled with different levels of water. And by like striking them and like, and, and stuff like that, it, it makes, it's like these crazy loud, like overwhelming just tones and you, and it's literally, and it's like, okay, now this one, like try to focus on your brain now, boom. And now try to focus on your stomach and your gut. And it like tar just the, the tones and the wavelengths target different parts of your body. Hmm. And there's. You know, the belief behind it is that the meditation and and everything and the focus, but also there's actually apparently uh, like healing elements to it and and stuff and documented cases of that. And it's just like, what? But at the same time, it's like we are, I feel like our bodies physically are so connected with music and for it to be like at that level wouldn't shock or surprise me in any way. And I just think of like if we were, you know, created in God's image, which I, I interpret and have heard the interpretation that that means that we were created to create. Um, and we, and, and we were also, you know, like the Bible tells us, make a joyful noise. Like we were given, um, an instrument like built in, you know, with our voice, voice, right? Like we were given this perfect instrument that can't be replicated outside of the human body. 
and then told to create with it like it's it's just for me it's like so straight over the plate like it's like we're supposed like music is is literally built into our bodies i think it's interesting that in the bible it's it's only by genesis 4 that music comes into the lists of creation it's not like it's it's all the things that start happening in culture yeah and humanity and i've seen people take it one direction where they're like see sin came into the world and then music came (laughs) right but then it's also a thing to realize that like the very beginning, it yeah. started becoming this this creative force. And even with what you were talking about, in biblically ancient times, you ended up having, you know, things like Saul, who was being tormented by a spirit, mm. right? And his servants, their first reaction is, We need to go and get somebody to minister to you with music. Yeah. yeah. Like like that's three thousand years ago. Right. And it's even before that in other ancient Near Eastern literature, you had them recognizing there's power. Mm. In what in what we listen to and what goes into our ears, that it works within our spirit. And I like the example, Jake, that you were giving because I actually had some listed down. I'm not going to read them, but like people go to concerts and they'll share the same exact type of feelings that people will have in a worship service yeah. at a church. And I, I I've done this with high schoolers before, where we'll all read these experiences of a room and then like statements where people are like, "Man, these lyrics are burrowing deeper into my heart and mind, yeah. and I experience joy and community alongside of all these people that I'm singing with, and I get goosebumps as it moves towards the bridge." And then I go, "These are words from a Pearl Jam, a U2, yeah. an Adele, and a One Direction you concert." Know, yeah, and and I go, so you know, it was that reminder to students that. Like, like one, the emotional experience of it can be felt anywhere. And so I, and I help them kind of see both sides of that. One is that the spirit can be growing and teaching you in I atmospheres have... outside of a Hillsong United concert. Yeah. But also that just because you have an emotional experience doesn't mean you're always having a Holy Spirit yes. experience. True. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so, but, uh, but it goes both ways in that discussion. Yeah. So. And I also, but then also sort of on the other side of that, I think that, I, I think that at least I've heard a lot that you got to be careful of the, the emotional part of it. Yeah. But I, but I also think that sometimes we, we don't credit that enough. Like we say like, that's bad. Like don't have this really deep feeling emotional thing because there's nothing concrete about that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's necessarily all true. I think that there's some truth in that, um, just the way that there's some truth in like being overly connected with your wisdom in your mind. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But I think that having those deeply emotional and profound feelings, but then being able to attach them to something, I think that's where then we're having these really intense spiritual things. You know, like when I was a little boy and I listened to music, all of the songs were about the the girl I was infatuated with. Uh-huh. Um, and those songs had nothing to do with her. Um, but I made that connection. And I think now yep. as I've grown as a man and grown in my like walk with the Lord and in that depth, like now, like it's just natural for me to, to attach that same infatuation yeah. to the Lord and have these really intense, like I, yeah. you, I don't need you to say, Jesus in a song for me to make it about him. Yeah, it's you know? part of the maturing process that right. happens. But it's it's good with what both of you guys were talking about. Um, music shapes people's perceptions of reality, and in a sense, right. it's like a map. And especially in your in the in your students' teenage years, that's happening. Like they're already trying to understand themselves, and they're in this season of change. Um, but it also puts a mouth to the issues and the situations that they're experiencing and feeling. Yeah. So yeah. it becomes their language. And, right. and I liked because you guys have been sharing this already from the very beginning when we were discussing artists about how you connected with Bob Dylan and some of his his heart and his personality as much as 
as like his music and, yeah. and what he did later. And then even, you know, as you've grown up, you're looking at him reflecting back. Yeah. And you're going, man, this is helping me to reflect back yeah. mm-hmm. on how. Yeah. And just to, just to understand that as a parent, that that especially if your kids are very into music, and not all kids are. Like some of you have kids that they don't like listen to music ever. Um, I was one of those kids. Like I, I liked music, but I didn't love music. You were the 4%. Right? I was. Yeah. Um, I wasn't listening to it all the time. Um, but, I, but, you know, there were seasons where I was. And so – but uh, Colin, did you have? You looked like you had something else you wanted to add, and I don't want to take that away from you. Well, thank you, Matt. Um, well, I think it's interesting, and because Jake and I were kind of talking about it um, earlier before we started recording too, about that um, kind of having that spiritual experience outside of uh, like a worship context, and I think that it is for me. As I was thinking about it, it's like the difference between looking for Jesus in everything versus placing Jesus in something because mm. it's like I can like we believe in a God that is omnipresent like he is literally everywhere like you could we could find him in you know in the darkest of places like he that's what he does um but that's different from saying like oh no this is like a cool thing and I'm gonna like insert Jesus there to to create my spiritual experience um because for like Jake at this this place it's one thing to come away and say, I just had this really cool worship experience that that wasn't because of the like what I was like the words I was hearing. It was the the setting, um, and that's different than coming away and, and saying like, "Oh, Bon Iver put on like a great worship like show." You <laughs> yeah, know yeah, that yeah. that's not what happened. So we're not inserting Jesus into the experience, but we're like we're we're allowing him to kind of like or opening ourselves up and and looking for him in those places that he that maybe publicly it's not like this is a Jesus show, but like really Jesus is he's everywhere if we yeah. if we look around for him. Well, this has been good because I think we've raised a lot of good questions that really I think a lot of you parents and a lot of us are always kind of wrestling with as we engage with people in and out of the church. And so um, so on our next episode, we're going to start diving in a little bit more about, okay, so how should your teens engage with music? That's not worship music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not just Christian music in that genre, right? Um, and then how, how does that play into their life and their personality? And, and where should they as a parent be involved in that? Which these are the questions that I know a lot of parents are going, okay, yeah, but, but yeah. Right. when do I say no and when do I? So we're going to talk about that in the next episode. We hope that you'll get a chance to listen. And so we want to thank you for um, checking out our Engaging Parenting podcast. And if you ever have questions or kind of themes or um, issues that you want us to talk about on this, you can email to ask at bridgeway.church, and we would love to try to address those and get through those. And so we hope to see you next time on this Engaging Parenting Podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.